you know, saying goodbye to people that we love, maybe that moved out of the area. You're happy for them. They got a new job. Maybe they got a cool house. It's bittersweet. You know, when a believer goes home to be with the Lord, we grieve, but not like those who have no hope. It's kind of bittersweet, especially if they've been in pain and suffering. Well, life is filled with bittersweet moments, and that is what today is about. In Revelation 10, a message called Bittersweet on Walk in Truth. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lance. It's our goal to build up believers and reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's message, you can learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, and podcast when you visit walkintruth.com. And now here's part one of Revelation 10 called Bittersweet. We are looking at a message called Bittersweet, Revelation chapter 10. Tonight we'll do something a little different. We're going to go ahead and read the entire chapter. It's 11 verses, just as our scripture reading to set the table. You want Revelation chapter 10? We'll start in verse 1. I saw another strong angel coming down out of heaven, clothed with a cloud, and the rainbow was upon his head. His face was like the sun, and his feet like pillars of fire. Revelation 10.2. He had in his hand a little book or a little scroll which was open, and he placed his right foot on the sea and his left foot on the land. And he cried out, cried out with a loud voice as when a lion roars, and when he had cried out, the seven peals of thunder uttered their voices. And when the seven peals of thunder had spoken, I was about to write. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Seal up the things which the seven peals of thunder have spoken, and do not write them. And the angel whom I saw standing on the sea and on the land lifted up his right hand to heaven and swore by him who lives forever and ever, who created heaven and the things in it, the earth and the things in it, and the sea and the things in it. And there shall be delay no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, then the mystery of God is finished as he preached to his servants, the prophets. Verse 8. And the voice which I heard from heaven, I heard again speaking with me and saying, go take the book or the scroll which is open in the hand of the angel who stands on the sea and on the land. And I went to the angel telling him to give me the little book. And he said to me, take it and eat it. And it will make your stomach bitter, but in your mouth it will be sweet as honey. And I took the little book out of the angel's hand and ate it. And it was in my mouth sweet as honey, but when I had eaten it, my stomach was made bitter. And they said to me, you must prophesy again concerning many peoples and nations and tongues and kings. May God bless the reading of his word. May he write his word on our hearts. You may be seated. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, we are so grateful to be together tonight. Thank you that your word is living and powerful. Thank you that it is alive. Thank you that it is profitable for every area of our life. Thank you that the promises of, of God are yes and amen. Thank you that they are precious and magnificent promises. And uh, those promises, Lord, we can bank on that at one point in the future, the words will be true. There will no longer be a delay. You will wrap up the times. You will consummate the times as the Lord Jesus Christ returns, as the Bible promises over and over again, there will be a second coming of the Lord, just as the Bible prophesied a first coming. And we are in a season of waiting, Lord, and waiting can be hard. 
There's portions of scripture that tell us, you know, that say, come Lord Jesus. There's the word Maranatha. But Lord, we know that you're doing your work in your time and your way. And we know that you fixed a day when you will come and judge this world. And as we wait, we look around the world and sometimes we see beauty and promise. And sometimes we see some of the ugliest things that we could ever imagine. And tonight, Lord, as we um, look into your word, I pray that your word would look into us. Make us what you want us to be. Help us to release things that we carry, that we have no business carrying, Lord. Let us just trust you that you're on the throne, that you will make good on your promises as we navigate through this life. We pray that in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. So the book of Revelation, like a lot of the Bible, is bittersweet. There are times when I read my Bible and I just say, man, that is sweet. What a sweet, incredible promise of God. Precious and magnificent promises that almost make me feel like I could walk on air. And then there's other times that I read the Bible and go, ouch. And sometimes I say, and all God's people said, ouch. Because there are portions of the Bible that are bitter. And the portions of the Bible that are bitter have to do mostly with judgment. Um, there, are, there, there are things in Scripture that I certainly do, I take no delight in as a man, neither reading them nor preaching them. In fact, I know that sometimes when people hear the word of God, it's a bit bitter to them. It's a, it's a bitter pill to swallow because the Bible will cause us to look at depths of our souls that sometimes we don't want to look at. It's easier to turn up the radio, to look elsewhere, than to look inside and see what's really there and see what God sees. But I also realize that sometimes when I am looking at myself and I'm not feeling that great about myself, then I get a fresh look at the promises of God and who I am in Christ, and it's sweet again. And you can move from bitter to sweet as you take in the Word of God. This particular book of the Bible, the book of Revelation, um, and for that matter, this particular chapter is bittersweet because it tells us that there's going to be a time when it will be said, the delay is over. The mockers that will come in the last days with their mocking saying, where is the promise of his coming? They will be silenced. In fact, they will face the wrath of God. But when they face the wrath of God, you know, it's not going to be a pretty time. It's not really even going to be a celebratory time. In fact, we saw in the book of Revelation that there is a sober silence before the breaking of the seventh seal. We said that perhaps that's an anticipatory silence. Maybe that's the calm before the storm. But as we looked at Zephaniah and other places, we could see that there's a sober silence to the reality of judgment coming. I'll give you an illustration from another book of the Bible. Imagine Noah knowing that at some point the flood was going to come, and he was hammering away at the ark. And 2 Peter 3.5 tells us that Noah was preaching righteousness. He was a preacher of righteousness. But imagine being Noah and knowing that the flood was coming. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. And you go around and preach, and the only converts that you have are your family. How many persons got on the ark? Eight. What was the population of the world? It was it's probably millions and millions of people. 
And the flood came, in the words of Jesus, and swept them all away. And it will be just that way at the coming of the Son of Man. So there are things in the future of this planet that you could say are bitter. They're hard. They're hard pills to swallow. We anticipate the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ with great exhilaration because we know it's our redemption. We know it's going to be the makeover of the planet, new heavens and new earth, wherein righteousness dwells, all those things that we're looking forward to. And yet it's bitter because we know there are going to be many people who are swept away in the judgment. In fact, we saw that at the end of chapter 9 when the uh, seven seals broken, the judgments of God come down, uh, trumpet blasts are coming down, And if you pick it up in uh, Revelation 9, verse 20, it says the rest of mankind, 920, who were not killed by these plagues, did not repent of the works of their hands so as not to worship demons and the idols of gold and, and of silver and of brass and of stone and of wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. And they did not repent of their murders nor of their sorceries nor of their immorality, nor of their thefts. As the judgment of God comes, you know, maybe you would expect to see that people were repenting, but much like Pharaoh, when the plagues were coming down on Egypt, Pharaoh's heart grew harder, and people who face the day of the Lord judgment will become more bitter and more hard towards God. And from what I can see at the breaking of the seventh seal, you don't have anybody who repents once the day of the Lord commences, once the judgment of God falls, and I'm not talking about tribulation, I'm talking about judgment. Once the wrath of God comes, you see no people repenting at this point. Nobody's getting right with God. Once Jesus comes and takes his bride home, if you will, the world is going to be hard just like the Pharaoh. Now, there's a, there's a parallel passage in the book of Ezekiel. If you find the book of Ezekiel, find the Psalms, go to your right. You'll have, uh, let's see, Proverbs, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel. All right, so let's go over to Ezekiel, Lamentations, and then Ezekiel. Chapter 2. Chapter 2, here's the call of Ezekiel. And scholars have pointed out that there is a symmetry, a, uh, a similarity between the format of the book of Ezekiel and the format of the book of Revelation. For example, seeing the glory of God in chapter 1 and getting a commission from God and then the judgment of God and so forth. So here's how it reads. This is Ezekiel 2, verse 3. Then he said to me, son of man, I'm sending you to the sons of Israel, Ezekiel 2.3, to a rebellious people who have rebelled against me. They and their fathers have transgressed against me to this very day. And I'm sending you to them who are stubborn and obstinate children. You shall say to them, thus says the Lord God. Ask for them whether they listen or not, for they are a rebellious house. They will know that a prophet has been among them. And you, son of man, neither fear them nor fear their words. Though thistles and thorns are with you, and you sit on scorpions, neither fear their words nor be dismayed at their presence, for they are a rebellious house. Verse 7. But you shall speak my words to them, whether they listen or not, for they are rebellious. Now you, son of man, listen to what I am speaking to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. 
Open your mouth and eat what I am giving you. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey everybody, my name is Shane Lance and I have the privilege and honor of being the music director here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship and I wanted to take a moment to invite you to a really cool event that we have coming up called A Journey to Him. This event is an opportunity for our high school students and young adult students to put on a performance where they get to use the talents that God has given them such as poetry and spoken word, original music, dance, even some painting is going to be happening. And if you want more information on this event, you can go to the App Store on Android or iPhone and get our Living Truth app. Just look for the little red circle with the white pillars inside of it. Or you can also go to livingtruthcorona.org. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. Now you, son of man, listen to what I am speaking to you. Do not be rebellious like that rebellious house. Open your mouth and eat what I am giving you. Then I looked, behold, a hand was extended to me, and lo, a scroll was in it. When he spread it out before me, it was written on the front and back, and written on it were lamentations, mourning, and woe. Move into chapter 3, verse 1. Then he said to me, son of man, eat what you find. Eat this scroll and go and speak to the house of Israel. So I opened my mouth, and he fed me this scroll. And he said to me, Son of man, feed your stomach and fill your body with this scroll, which I am giving you. Then I ate it, and it was sweet as honey in my mouth. Then he said to me, Son of man, go to the house of Israel and speak with my words to them. For you are not being sent to a people of unintelligible speech or difficult language, but to the house of Israel." nor to many peoples of intelligible speech or difficult language whose words you cannot understand. Dave, if you could turn me down just a smidgen, that'd be great. But I've sent you to them who should listen to you. Yet the house of Israel will not be willing to listen to you since they are not willing to listen to me. Surely the whole house of Israel is stubborn and obstinate. Behold, I've made your face as hard as their faces, your forehead as hard as their foreheads, Like emery, harder than flint, I have made your forehead. Do not be afraid of them or be dismayed before them, though they are a rebellious house. Moreover, he said to me, Son of man, take into your heart all my words, which I shall speak to you, and listen closely. Go to the exiles, to the sons of your people, and speak to them and tell them whether they listen or not. Thus says the Lord God. So I speak to some audiences, and if I can tell that they're not listening, I just try to contort my face up here a little bit. Give them, you know, make your face as hard as flint. I don't even know. How, how do you do that? How do you make your face as hard as flint? But, you know, there's, there's been some times when I've been preaching, for example, at a memorial service, and I've gone out to some locations all alone I'm the preacher. It's a weird feeling sometimes to be the preacher. Sometimes you're standing off by yourself and nobody wants to look at you and it's, it's this weird thing. And then you preach the word of God and uh, you never know kind of what you're going to get because, you know, you start naming the name of Jesus and you talk about sin and death and that people need to repent of their sin. If you're going to preach the gospel, you gotta be, you got to expect all kinds of faces now, usually you can tell the Christians in there, because the, the Christians are usually like nodding their head, yeah, yeah, come on. Sometimes you even hear a little, amen, come on, preach it. 
And then there's the other people who are doing what we call the bulletin shuffle. The bulletin shuffle is they hold a piece of paper and they just keep kind of crossing their legs and they don't want to make eye contact with you. It's, it's quite an interesting perspective from up here, I have to tell you. It's never a position that actually I thought I would be in, but here I am, <laughs> right? And the Lord gives a specific commission to those who preach his word, and here's what it is. You preach my word. Whether they listen or not is not the deal. The deal is you be faithful. In the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, I ate the Lord's words. And he uses similar language. They were, they were sweet, but he even says later in Jeremiah 20, I think it's verse 9, he says, man, there were times that I tried to hold the word of God in and it became like a fire in my bones and I had to let it out. But there were times when the weeping prophet didn't want to preach what God gave him because it was hard. It was hard to go to his own people, the people of Israel, and tell them hard truth about what they were doing wrong and what God expected of them in coming judgment. And in much the same way, that's what's happening in the book of Revelation now. John is sharing what we would call bittersweet truth. Sweet to us as Christians because we want the Lord to come. We want heaven. We want righteousness to dwell. We want new heavens and a new earth. We want resurrection bodies. But for the world... And those who do not receive Jesus Christ, it's going to be a bitter, bitter time. The next book to your right is the book of Daniel. Go to Daniel chapter 12. You're going to see some similarities uh, between the book of Revelation in chapter 10 and Daniel chapter 12. So we're going to go there as we're close there in location. uh, And we're going to see some parallels to what happens in Revelation 10. So this is Daniel 12. Let's pick it up at verse 1. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise, Daniel 12, 1. There will be a time of distress such as has never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who's found written in the book, will be rescued. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the ground will awake, these to everlasting life, but the others to disgrace and everlasting contempt. Now, if we're dealing with the resurrection in Daniel 12, 2, we know that the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up. So we're dealing with an end time scenario in the book of Daniel. Those who have insight will shine brightly like the brightness of the expanse of heaven. Those who lead the many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. If you truly want to shine... Lead people to Christ. Your mission on this planet is to lead people to Christ. That is what a wise person does. You lead many to righteousness, and you will shine like the stars forever and ever. Now, Daniel is addressed, but as for you, Daniel, he's the author of our book, conceal these words and seal up the book until the end of time. If you have the ESV, NIV, New King James, it says the time of the end. The New American Standard says until the end of time. Many will go back and forth and knowledge will increase. Now, many who have looked at Bible prophecy and looked at Daniel 12.4 have made the suggestion that knowledge increasing and uh, people going back and forth could speak of modern travel. Planes, trains, and automobiles, which have really been birthed in the last about 100 years. 
right? We have people going everywhere rather quickly and sometimes rather slowly, depending on what freeway you regularly drive. And people go back and forth, to and fro. Sometimes you wonder if people even know where they go (laughs) and why they're going there. But anyway, this is what we do. We go back and forth. We live in a technology age where everything is moving at fast paces. You know, we get information quickly. We get food quickly. We move quickly in vehicles. And and so people have looked at this and said, one of the signs of the end times will be people moving rapidly on planes, trains, and automobiles and so forth. But I don't think that that's the context here. Many going back and forth and knowledge increasing in context probably has to do with knowledge of the last days. I would say to you that knowledge of prophecy is probably the context. And though there have been many incredible scholars over the years, uh, those in our generation, for example, have saw the return of Israel to the land. Well, that's all we have time for today in our study in Revelation chapter 10. But the study of the book of Revelation, if this is resonating with your heart, it's intriguing, isn't it? To look at Scripture with Scripture. Now, as we've gone on this journey of Revelation, I've taught this book multiple times, and each time I teach the book, I find more and more depth and connection to the really the entire Bible. It's majestic. And even though some of the content is difficult, it is incredible because this is a prophecy about how God will wrap up the ages. Well, hey, I'm Pastor Michael Lance. I'm very excited to let you know that we have something new for you from our team here at Walk in Truth. As you know, Walk in Truth is a ministry of Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona, California, where I have the honor and privilege of serving as senior pastor. One of our great brothers here with a great big pastoral heart who will surely, when you meet him, give you a holy kiss is a man named Paul Hicks. He has a heart like the Apostle Paul, a passion for souls, and he's been writing a devotional to help all of us with our walk, our daily walk with Jesus Christ. And I believe this would be a real refreshment to your soul and encouragement, especially if you find it difficult to get into daily devotions with your busy schedule. What you can do is subscribe to this daily devotional to help you get a step closer with the Lord, diving into a short Bible passage with some thoughts attached from Paul Hicks. And you can do this by simply texting Step Closer to 33222. That's all one word. Again, you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Step closer, one word, 33222. Thanks for joining us in this walk. I think this daily devotion will be a blessing to you. It helps me. I usually open it every day and read what Paul has for us. And he gets us into the Bible and gets our thoughts where they belong. And you can get this right on your phone when you follow those instructions. Step closer, 33222. Now, I'd like to invite you to tomorrow night's special worship service at 7 p.m. We're going to take a little break from the book of Job. We've been going verse by verse through Job, and we have a special service called A Journey to Him. More on that from my son, 
Hey everybody, my name is Shane Lance and I have the privilege and honor of being the music director here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship and I wanted to take a moment to invite you to a really cool event that we have coming up called A Journey to Him. This event is an opportunity for our high school students and young adult students to put on a performance where they get to use the talents that God has given them such as poetry and spoken word, original music, dance, even some painting is going to be happening, and these acts and performances are going to be used to display the way that God has redeemed each one of their lives. And the show is going to be called A Journey to Him. We've been rehearsing and working hard, and we're really excited about this presentation. And really the whole point of the presentation in the show is to show people the different testimonies and the way that Christ has worked in the lives of our high school students and young adults. So we really hope that you'll consider joining us. That's tomorrow night at 7 p.m. right here at Living Truth. That's in Corona, California. We really hope that you guys will join us tomorrow night, 7 p.m., for a journey to him. Just a great time to get to see how God has changed the lives of many of our students here at the church. Now, our church is called Living Truth Christian Fellowship. We're in the city of Corona. The address is 1009 Arsenal Way. Think of the armor of God. 1009 Arsenal Way in Corona, right off the 91 Freeway in Lincoln Avenue. You can download our Living Truth app to get the details. Look for that red logo with the pillars. Download it today. You can find out all the information about the church direction, service times, and even listen to messages and watch some of the messages that were given in the church. You can see the videos on those. Now come back tomorrow because we'll continue the teaching in Revelation 10 called Bittersweet. Keep us in prayer. Tell a friend about what you're hearing. And we'll join you tomorrow. Until then, may God richly bless you. Remember, to learn more about Pastor Michael, the online store, podcast, or to donate, visit walkintruth.com. And thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, encouraging you to reach out with God's truth to all people.